Oi, oi. Oi, oi. You all right? You all right? Yeah, how you doing? I'm Viv. No, you're not. You will never be Viv. Hi, everyone. I'm, I'm Viv. Mayan. I'm Mayan. That is have... not how I sound. That is not how I wait, sound. Wait, let me do it again. I'm Mayan. Hiya. I have privilege. <laughs> Hiya, my name's Viv. I'm from Manchester, but not really. I'm from Warrington and I love sitting on the toilet. I love it. I love it. It's my favorite place in the whole world. And um, yeah, just here for a laugh, really. Just here for a laugh. I don't say I love that. it. You fucking do. I don't say here for a laugh. Oh shit, I said that once, didn't I? On the intro for something for the lols i said for the oh that's so for cringe. the lols oh oh we picked out things that we both cringed at each other for like you when you said on the podcast that you're grateful for your privilege was it that was yeah, like, I'm, such a, I'm such a terrible person aren't i <laughs> yeah if that's awful. if that's what you think my biggest flaw is then i think i can live with that you're an awful human being to recognize your privilege <laughs> i feel like we haven't spoken for a while yeah, not on um, podcast record. We, we speak all the time on um, WhatsApp. That's true. I, spoke, I texted you this morning when I was on the toilet. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you for letting me know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's weird, actually, because we catch up quite a lot on them. Um, we send each other quite long voice notes, don't we? No. We do, you send me five-minute long voice notes. Is that not do, long to do, you? <laughs> no, it's long. I love a long voice note though. Like it's like I, I like to keep them, store them up like podcasts and listen to them when I'm walking or like when I'm cooking or whatever. Yeah, me too. I like listening to them as well. Um, do you listen on like faster speed now? Now that's an option on WhatsApp, like the 1.5. Not for the not for like no, not for a first listen, because sometimes it is quite hard to hear. Although mm. if someone's talking really slowly and some of my friends do talk really slowly, I might speed them up a little bit. But in general, I like to give people the the right to a normal speed first listen. But if I need to listen again, because it's like later when I'm replying and I've forgotten what they said, then I do listen <laughs> to it on fast speed. Um, but well, often what happens to me is I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll just reply to this as I'm cooking or as I'm doing stuff but then what happens is that I just can't do two things at the same time so I'm just standing there in my kitchen for like seven minutes while I'm just <laughs> yeah not doing anything you want to take in every single point don't you because it's quite it's quite mm-hmm, hard mm-hmm. to retain a lot of that information I remember when I dated this guy who wasn't used to um voice noting so I would send him a long voice note or something and then he would write down all of the points on a piece of paper he was weird he was so weird and then he'd be like I had to write them down so I could come back to you and I'm like are you dumb I really hate it when people are resistant to voice notes as well because they're so useful they're mm. so useful especially you know I'm a busy woman I'm mm-hmm. a busy woman I'm not going to sit down and fucking text you an essay every time mm. you need to know what, what's happening in my life um I have been spending a lot of time on my phone recently, mm. which is not good. I mean, I, I recognize it. It's not the end of the world, but like mm. for me personally, I always feel like my, my mental health is often linked to how much time I'm spending on my phone. Mm. Um, and I've been doing a lot of TikTok scrolling recently. Have you? Have I've you also ever- learned loads of stuff though. Tell us, tell us everything that you've learned on TikTok. Well, so this is what I was, I was, I wanted to know, like, what side of TikTok are you on? You know how, like, you know, obviously the, the videos that you watch and like, they feed the algorithms so that you end up in a certain part of TikTok. Mm. Um, what, what TikTok are you 
which TikTok realm are you in? Mine's a really safe space. Mine is like Asian women, usually in America, or like women of color, black women. Yeah. And like, it's very lefty. It's very like talking about gender issues, societal issues. And then like just the random baby video and food <laughs> as well. I'm in, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm so, I think my, my realm is like um, Asian, Asian American TikTok, mm-hmm. queer TikTok. Mm-hmm. But then recently I've like crossed into the realm of DIY and cleaning TikTok. Oh, I haven't. Quite There's like there. a really good cleaning account that I was on last night. <laughs> no, but like, you know how it's really satisfying to just watch someone yeah. deep clean a house. And like, she has all these tips, that like, you know, things to get, to get stubborn stains out of your, um, you know, your, your hob mm. or like how to clean a toilet that's really stained or blah, 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 blah. All these things. I'm like, wow, Ooh. I'm never going to do that, but it looks great. <laughs> Is that, oh, were um, there any interesting <laughs> tips that you took away? Um, I actually knew this already because my one of my best friends is like obsessed with cleaning. She also wants to start a, a TikTok of her just like power cleaning stuff. She she taught me this, but I saw this on this woman's account last night. If you have a, a really stained like toilet bowl, especially mm. the 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 U bends, um, pour an entire bottle of Coke down it. Yeah, and then leave the bottle over, leave leave it in there overnight, and then the next day scrub and then flush and it will be like super clean because coke is like yeah coke has rotting. got so many chemicals in it did you ever do the penny thing when you were in school oh i didn't like you, but, you put a penny yeah. in a, like a really dirty penny in a glass of coke and it mm. cleans the whole thing like sparkling clean because coke's got oh. so much stuff in it that just strips away dirt oh gross but also kind of cool yeah so yeah cleaning tiktok um and mm. diy like house building tiktok Mm. um yes like one of the ones that I, I'm really loving at the moment is like two bro best mates Brits and Disorder house- yeah yes yes, yes. Oh, I love so that good. I love that so for the, for the listeners who don't know who don't spend their lives on TikTok <laughs> um, these are two two guys in their like I guess what mid late 20s who worked together as content creators for like five years and then they all they both got um furloughed um at the start of the pandemic so they they bought a house together in London, um, like a complete shithole, and they've been renovating it. But because they both lost their jobs, they had to do it all DIY. And it's basically just an account of them just like learning and fucking up mm. loads of stuff. And it's so nice. Did you see the one where they 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 go through the shed and they find all of this stuff from like <gasps> World War Two? Oh, shed? my God. No, no, no. I need to watch that. Yeah, it's really good. They're one of the only accounts that I would search and be like, oh, I wonder what they're up to because yeah. I, I love binging their content I also love watching do you watch um Anna Paul does she come up where she does her vlogs no. um so she is a um Australia's um top OnlyFans creator but like a lot of people don't know this but in her content it's just food vlogs or just like her vlogging her life and she makes a shitload of money so she takes her family traveling basically all the time and they just go That's around so Europe cool. Dubai like and then they do all the touristy stuff What's her um, name? Anna Paul. Anna, Anna Paul, yeah, but I think there's like double L or double, like a dot in between. Anna Paul. An- Anna Paul. <laughs> Anna Paul and Blue Cantrell. Um, yeah, so yeah, she's she's a single um, one. Now I follow like two of the ones that I am really into at the moment. I follow Julian Camilla. They're a Norwegian lesbian couple who are... Oh. Um, they're, they're, they're basically, they're going on a pregnancy journey so that one of them can give birth um, to a baby with an egg 
from the other one that's been artificially fertilized very right. very cool yeah um and our really nice one that I watched recently was this daughter whose mum had her when she was 16 so her mum was only just turning 50 and the daughter's like almost 30 yeah um and it was her 50th birthday coming up so every day for 50 days before her 50th birthday she got a present so this girl she made like a massive board mm. with um cups in it that had numbers and then there was loads of presents with mm. numbers on them and the numbers on the presents corresponded to the numbers in the cups so every morning the mum would have to pick a number find the present that was like corresponded to that number think of a memory for that year so like when she was 12 she had to think of a memory and she got to open the present and it was like 50 smaller presents and then on the on the day of her birthday like a massive present and it was like the most joyful thing and it was it just turned into this like massive thing about life lessons because it was like revealed slowly that the mum had had a really difficult life like she'd battled with addiction Mm. um an abusive relationship being a mum at a young age Mm. um becoming a teacher working with loads of people all over the world like it was just oh it was so good it was so good and there was the and there was a dog so that made everything better So all in all, we anyway. So it's been a, lot a very, of time. it's been a week well spent. <laughs> Have you um, seen um, on TikTok recently the lives that come up where people are debating about like anti-abortion and um, stuff like that? There's been lo- I've seen so many lives on TikTok where people. Well, are yes, Vivian, it. I have because oh. one of the things I was doing last night when I was doom scrolling was looking through like Roe v. Wade themed mm. TikTok videos, mm. um, and I think I, I, yeah, I guess we couldn't get. I don't think we could let this podcast slide without talking about that because I think that mm. everyone's feeling a bit sort of glum about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and I've seen a lot of people talking about how, you know, this kind of thing starts in America and it does, it has an impact on the rest of the world. And like, you know what they say, when America sneezes, the rest of the world catches a cold. And mm. I think it's definitely true. Like I was, so I saw, saw people posting about UK abortion law mm. today. Yeah. And um, I actually hadn't realised, and this is really shameful, I hadn't realised that in the UK, you can't just get an abortion because you want one. Like, you have to have two doctors sign off. Yeah. Um, and they have to sign off, um, what do you call it, like a certificate that says that your health, whether it's physical or mental health, is at risk if you have the baby. Wow. I didn't so know basically that you have to like make your case to say like, I really, really cannot have this baby. And if I do, like, I'm going to be, you know, it's, mm. it's really like mentally going to impact my health. No, 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 no. All this stuff. You have to like prove that you can't just be like, I would like to have an abortion because I don't want to have a baby. Mm. Which is, I didn't, I, know yeah, that. I didn't know that. I, didn't know, I that. didn't know that either. That is so scary. Apparently it's one of the worst abortion provision, um, laws in europe like similar to hungary is what i had oh my gosh it yeah it really really scares me yeah i had no idea about that and um it's just i just find it like so fucked up that you know the majority of a country can be pro-choice yeah like whether or not whether or not you however you feel about abortion how you know there is there are plenty of people who don't personally believe in it but who respect people's mm. right to choice. So in, there's a majority in a country who don't want something to be illegal. Yeah. And that doesn't matter. How is that? How is it possible that that's the case? You know, that yeah. it just doesn't matter because the Supreme Court mm. who were appointed for life, right? 
by whichever president is in power at the time they can just be like nope yeah I just how can you have so much power in the hands of just such a small number of people it's so wrong it's so wrong and the fact that these decisions are being made by probably men where this doesn't affect them and they just have a fucking opinion about it because they think they own women's bodies yep well one of them was um Brett Kavanaugh who's that um Brett Kavanaugh is the he's one of the um the Supreme Court justices is that what they call them Mm. who was um accused of sexual assault by um Christine Blasey Ford it was this Mm. really big sort of I don't even want to say scandal because it's disrespectful to her but basically um she uh, accused him of sexual assault when they were in high school Mm. um and she was really really demonized for it Mm. um and then a bunch of other women came forward as well I think it was like maybe three or four other women came forward um and it was just one another classic one of those oh these women are trying to ruin a good man's reputation yeah blah, blah, blah. yeah um yeah it it's just oh yeah ugh, you know just ugh. yeah it makes me feel heavy feels very yeah, heavy same. yeah and just knowing that in the UK as well like and because there's also yeah. there's a lot of doctors who also don't agree with um abortion as well so what say for example if you you didn't get signed off from one of those doctors. Mm-hmm. Your body is literally decided by law and not by yep. yourself. Like it's such a fucking mindful. Yeah. Yep. And like, no, I can't remember what I was going to say. That's how, no, I, I remember. That's how, that's how like stressed I am about this is that it's, mm. it's impacting my ability to think in complete sentences. Yeah. Um, but there's loads enough. of medical conditions that if you, if you have them while like if you have certain types of uh, miscarriage mm. if you if you are going to miscarry but your body can't do it on its own safely then you're given abortion care essentially that's what you're given yeah. um there are other life-threatening conditions mm. that mean that people sometimes have to access abortion care whether or not they want to you know in the interests of their health mm. which it's just it's just wild to me that that is um that that's even up for debate yeah um but something that I wanted to share in case anybody listening is also I mean I'm sure a lot of you also feeling really really heavy about this um and if you're looking for somewhere to spend your pennies then a good place to start is um either with Planned Parenthood which I'm sure you've all heard of or the National Abortion Federation which is actually a um I suppose it's a a conglomerate it, it splits funds between different abortion services I think there are like nine abortion services that they support so the funds get split across different organizations supporting people in different parts of the US mm. um, we can put those links in the show notes but I know that people are feeling quite helpless and like they want to curl up in a ball and die but I think one of the mm. one of the things about injustice is that it always creates these really supportive soothing pockets of resistance and I think from from grieving and pain and shared healing comes action so Mm. hope everyone who's feeling like that this weekend you know take some time for yourselves really look after yourselves be kind to yourselves 
share with other people you know have have a nice catch up with friends be around people who support you and then you can move on and do stuff because it's not the end there are definitely states in America where abortion will stay legal it's a question of providing support and funding to the services that will help the poorer people who will be disproportionately excuse Mm. me people of color disabled queer to get the access to the funds and the logistics that they need to to travel to a different state to to get the health care that they need so there is there is a way oh excuse me (laughs) I wasn't it sounded like I was like emotionally choking up but I I wasn't I just haven't drunk enough water this morning there is there is a way forward um so yeah we'll put those links in the show notes yeah that's a really good point because I think the media obviously sensationalize all these headlines um but I think sometimes we forget that that the majority don't believe in these kind of oppressive rules um Yeah. yeah so I just avoid the news for this reason. I, I actually yeah. just saw it first on social media. Then I was like, what the hell is going on? Then I looked on the news and I was like, fuck. Yeah. Fuck. That's where I get all my news these days. Mm. Social yeah. media is faster than the news. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, it got us thinking about, we were talking about a bit offline about just our bodies in general and just how um, society feeds us so much crap, which then we internalize. And we both know this because I know we both do a lot of our own work to um, think about body, whatever you want to call it, positivity, neutrality. I don't know what the word is for it because I don't think I feel either at the moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think knowing the theory and then actually um, living it in your day-to-day life is just so wildly different. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot recently mm. because, okay, let's, let's take diet culture right Mm. diet culture is a toxic pervasive thing that worms its way into our life from a really really young age like Mm -hmm. I can I can think of things that happened things that I saw my mum doing and talking about when I was a kid yeah yeah I'm sure have stayed with me Mm -hmm. you know this has impacted our parents generation our grandmas so much of what we have to deal with is wrapped up with the families that we were in, the magazines that were that we read, the media that was around us, the TV we watched, the film we watched. Like, let's give ourselves a fucking break. Mm-hmm. When you're literally surrounded by something 24-7, you're not just suddenly going to wake up and be like, ding, I'm enlightened now. My body is liberated. <laughs> like, especially in a world, in a wider context, especially in a world where women are often made to feel like their bodies are just like open season. You know, we don't mm. need to talk about the high rates of of sexual assault harass Mm. street harassment you know when you step out into the world and a man usually always (laughs) a man comments on your body or cat calls you it's just a reminder that you're like there for the taking if he wants to you're trespassing in his world in his domain Mm. um we're made to any any woman in the public space is criticized for the way she looks the way she dresses any female politician receives so much more abuse attention people on the red carpet like it's everywhere so how the fuck can we expect to just like suddenly yeah suddenly not believe that and like you said knowing it is one thing but actually living it is so different and I think Mm -hmm. when it comes to so when it comes to um okay 
here's probably an example of something that I'm sure happens to loads and loads and loads of people. Mm-hmm. You gain weight yeah, and you are trying your best to normalize it and to accept that sometimes your body changes. Your body changes at different parts in your life, different parts in your cycle, different parts as you get older, blah, blah, blah. And your clothes don't fit anymore. Are you and talking about me? The... <laughs> <laughs> your clothes don't fit anymore. And yeah. wearing clothes that don't fit you is one of the most, it's it's so debilitating and it mm. makes you feel so much shame about yourself. Yeah. And if you're one of the lucky ones, yeah, you can buy yourself some new clothes. You know, your clothes should fit you, not mm-hmm. you trying to fit your clothes. And we've all done that thing where we're like, oh, well, I'm going to keep these jeans because I'm going to lose weight next year and I'll be I'll be able to fit into them again. Yeah. But I've recently bought some new clothes mm-hmm. that fit me and they look fucking great. And I look yeah. great in the clothes. Mm. However, not everyone has the money to buy new clothes, mm-hmm. but also there's nothing wrong with thinking like you know about losing a bit of weight to fit back into the clothes because you're made to feel like that's how your value is measured and I feel like yeah you can recognize that the pressure for women to look a certain way is brought about by patriarchy by diet culture by unfair beauty standards that are almost always dictated by Eurocentric norms but it's kind of sometimes just cutting off your nose to spite your face like you can recognize that you live within a um you know within that system but Mm. what so you're just going to punish yourself yeah you know like in the name of feminism if it's actually still if it's still going to make you feel shit wearing the like you know looking a certain way or or being bigger and you're not happy about it Mm -hmm. you don't need to punish yourself in the name of feminism anti-patriarchy whatever you want to call it if you know that just you know eating uh, like a certain way for a, a couple of weeks to to feel healthier again and exercising mm-hmm. is is going to make you feel better and you recognize that it's it's not as simple as that and it's fucked up because it's there's uh, there's nuance and of course it's part of a system of injustice that treats women's bodies like crap and uses them as you know for commerce of course you can recognize that but still mm-hmm. do it like yeah it's a really complicated thing and I don't think we should be punished so complicated just so yeah. we can be better feminists so true like I I definitely would never demonize any woman who was like who would talk to me about their diet or like say to them like say to myself that they're uh, feeling a certain way about their body because we, we've all been there and yeah we shouldn't be the ones to like shoulder all of that kind of like responsibility to uphold feminism and etc etc like we should just be and also like one thing that I've been thinking about a lot recently is like um like you mentioned we have the privilege to access new clothes if we want to sizing as well like we're still thin-bodied people who even though our weights might fluctuate it's still pretty much we can find clothes anywhere we go and yeah. our friend yeah. um Vicky who is on Instagram Yay, Vicky. um she shared and she's advocated a lot for bigger bodies um on yeah. Instagram and just talked about how she just can't find her sizes anywhere in any high street shops at all yeah and that's her daily existence and that like so it's something that we need to take notice of and it is so true like and I I grapple with this because I'm like do I have the right to speak about my body um when I'm still a thin-sized person who can fit into clothes I can buy clothes from anywhere like is there still a space for us to talk about this or do we because a lot of like the body positive movement came from like fat black bodies black mm. fat black women um 
and are we like taking up that space as well which is a lot, it's another mindful it's like that I can't allow myself to feel a certain way because then I feel guilty but then also well you just said a really interesting yeah. word which I kind of want to pick up on which is the word allow mm. like it, I don't think that we fully appreciate how much we don't allow ourselves to do stuff and how much we don't permit ourselves to feel certain things yeah and I think we all just need to recognize that we're all intelligent complex human beings like you can feel shit about your body mm. and recognize that you feel shit about your body and give it whatever you need give your mental health whatever you need mm-hmm. but also recognize that there are other people out there who go through much worse it's like it's like anything in the world right it's all relative mm. like you can be upset that you had a bad day but it's not helpful if someone comes along and is like yeah Viv, but you know people are dying of cancer <laughs> and poverty that's so true <laughs> no like those things don't <laughs> exist in 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 um, yeah. what i'm looking for they're, they're not mutually not exclusive binary. there's yeah. not a finite amount of misery in the world it's not just one <laughs> big pie and like if one person's got a big slice then it means that another <laughs> person doesn't have the right to have any misery pie we can all be miserable together <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> yeah, but what I'm just what the, coming back to the thing that you said about how you know you would never demonize um, a woman for talking about her body or it. I feel the same way, but I also I feel really sad. Um, yeah. And because I, I you know I like like most people I have complicated relationship with my body sometimes, mm. um, and my body is bigger now than it used to be. Mm. So when sometimes when female friends in particular they say things in front of me and they're not directed to me in any way but they're talking about themselves they're criticizing themselves um it it upsets me and I don't want to participate in the conversation by coming up with the usual responses like oh no no because I don't want to support the idea that fat is bad yeah Mm. but I recognize that everyone is on a journey that is completely unique to them and they come to those realizations by themselves and sometimes people need to be able to say things like that but I still haven't found the way to respond that protects my mental health because I don't want to be around people who are talking about especially if that person is smaller than you yeah because it makes you feel shit as well you know and and maybe they don't mean that but it makes me feel shit when people talk about their bodies in a self-deprecating way Mm -hmm. so I generally just tend to kind of just quietly remove myself from the situation Mm. or if I'm alone with that person like change the subject but I really want to be able to find a way to come back in these conversations without being patronizing you know (laughs) when someone's bitching about uh about how they feel about their body it's sometimes not helpful to have someone to be like we shouldn't be saying these things because it's patriarchy (laughs) (laughs) yeah like literally no one gives a shit about the patriarchy when you're feeling crap about yourself exactly yeah I, I had it um yeah recently this a similar situation with a friend who is much smaller than I am um and she was talking about grappling with how she felt about herself she hasn't been able to exercise because she's had back injuries and stuff like that um and I just said to her I think I said something like you like obviously very empathetic but I also kind of acknowledge that she is she is smaller than me so when I hear these things it actually really upsets me as well because it's triggering how I feel about myself and obviously she didn't mean it in a way that was like reflecting on how she felt about my body because we're all so caught up in our own heads about ourselves but I think just even just like saying that and being like let's acknowledge that you're talking about this to a person who is bigger than you is and yeah and that's how that's how most kind of bigger people must feel every time people talk about 
their bodies being whatever yeah. like I don't know yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a mind fuck but I I actually asked my mum this question yesterday because she has been um on and off diets for pretty much all of her life like she's on she's been on a four to five month diet she told us yesterday because to lower her cholesterol but I also feel like it's like linked in with like diet culture and everything and I asked her I said did your mum ever like body shaming you at all and she said no because like back then when they had no money and like it was my her mum grew up in famine she wanted a like a happy healthy bigger child so that meant that they were being fed and like it meant they were being nourished and stuff like that and I found that really interesting that she she hasn't learned any of her um like diet behaviors from her mum uh, from what it sounds like um it's come from just society um which I thought I didn't I never knew that I thought it was like passed down from her and then she can like internalize a lot of it through society and parents and stuff like that and passed it on to us that's so interesting mm. yeah and I, so I guess it, it probably started when she well maybe yeah. when she moved over to the UK but also with the rise of like kind of 80s mm. 90s fashion trends and magazines and stuff like that that's so interesting yeah she always said she was too thin her mum can we just talk for a second about the how it feels to be an Asian woman mm. who is not tiny yeah surrounded by tiny Asian women oh in, my God. In, in families like everyone yeah. in my family is is small and petite and I am 173 yeah what's that what I don't know what that is You're like in... probably like five foot seven no but I'm five I'm five four five five so, oh you must let be like me, five eight then probably let me google this 173 centimeters in feet oh wait hang on <laughs> I thought it was five five eight point one five eight yeah 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 so do you feel I feel this the most when I um go over to Hong Kong and do you feel that I've, do you feel that when you've been back to Vietnam yeah my yeah. mum taking me shopping in Vietnam is one of the most shame inducing experiences like <laughs> there's been times where we've gone into a shop and yeah. we went into an underwear shop once and the shop assistant took one look at me and she was like nope I don't <laughs> have anything that's gonna fit her and we just had to leave it was it was awful and this is when I was like 15 maybe yeah, so yeah. and I was I was I was quite slim when I was 15 but I'm yeah. tall really tall for a Vietnamese woman yeah um they would just take one look at me and be like no no get her yeah. away <laughs> I remember I remember being like a size six and I had to get an XXL t-shirt yeah. like yeah that is a joke that is an absolute joke yeah yeah I feel that I, and also my mom is tiny as well she's so Same. Her arms are tiny she's just so small as well yeah yeah so it's hard it's hard like mm. yeah it, it, it just you feel like you stick out um and it is it's I mean I, I feel like like this with my so for example with my hair mm. I'm the only person in my family who has hair like me mm. um, everyone in my family has black straight poker straight hair that's mm. super kind of um what's the word it doesn't like bend to any shape it's just straight yeah. and I have really wavy massive brown mm. hair and I was talking to somebody about this recently and I realized that my and my mum also admitted to me very recently that she didn't know what to do with my hair when I was a kid you know mm. taking care of curly or wavy hair is so different to taking care of straight hair yeah. she didn't know what to do with my hair and because my hair was like untamable, I felt like hair care was quite traumatizing for me when I was a kid mm. my mum used to French braid my hair every day before school yeah. and it was because it was the only thing that she knew how to do 
and it was so traumatizing because she would get so frustrated mm. um, trying to brush it and of course it would be my fault if, if, if it wasn't going well it was quite a scary experience for me like you know oh, was it is she gonna be mad today that my hair isn't behaving itself and because of that I became super resistant to having haircuts or anything like that so mm. my hair was so long when I was a kid my sister used to say that I like cousin it and <laughs> I just I became like this feral child <laughs> never wanted to have my hair cut um and it, I think it was because nobody knew what to do with my hair or like how, yeah. to, how to and so like having being different having different hair but also being taller ha- having mm. a different body it's it's hard when yeah. other people don't look like you um, and of course, I didn't look like my dad, who was a, a really big white man either. So <laughs> like, really just sticking out. So if there's anybody listening who kind of looks different to the rest of their family, whether you're bigger or taller or you've got different skin tone or hair or whatever it is, we see you. <laughs> we see you. It's hard. It's hard out there being, being the sore thumb. And it was only recently that you started on your, your curly girl journey as well, isn't it? Or your wavy yeah. girl journey. And it's been amazing seeing like I would how... I show you, but it's not very clean. People can go on your Instagram and That's have a look true. as well. Um, That's true. Because you, you really yeah, started to take, take it care of like the the waves and make it more like... Yeah. Yeah, so look wavy. It's super oh, wavy. It's like you've had a blow dry. So nice. Also, oh, this, has, this is hair that hasn't been washed for like... Sounds really good though. Really yeah, I also nice. stopped washing it as much. Um, ah, okay. Yeah, it helps. Because you yeah, get it really more does. Moist. It helps. Yeah. Yeah, although it's looking quite greasy today. I'll just it looks really just nice. Wash it. I'm just gonna do some exercise after this podcast. So yeah. I will wash it then. And, and washing my hair has become such a like an act of self-care as well. And mm. I think people often find this with like skincare routines as well. Like it's it uh, I often think about you know that um like that trend like taking a stupid walk from a stupid mental health and it's <laughs> yeah. so fucking annoying how it actually works yeah. but it, it's true of taking care of your body as well mm, yeah when I started looking after my hair and when I started actually using a proper skincare routine afterwards I was like who knew who knew that actually <laughs> knew? taking care of your body and giving it what it needs would make you mm-hmm. feel good yeah because like it, it's such a trope and a joke isn't it like oh I can't come and washing my hair but like yeah. it is actually when you have hair with particular needs and my hair isn't even particularly um like high maintenance I'm mm. sure there are like plenty of the women like 4c hair women who have mm. way more work to do than me but even so I find it quite it's just a nice thing to do for myself. It's like, I'm going to wash my hair. Yeah, I'm going to treat myself because you really have to think about like, oh, I'm going to wash it before. I'm going to exercise tomorrow. Yeah. So I'm going to wash it exactly. tonight. But actually, exactly. Gonna, yeah, there's so many things you need to do. And I'm going to go out tonight. So I want it to be no, 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 no. But I, like sometimes yeah. I like it better on day two. So I wash my hair the day before. But I, yeah, yeah. I just spent so 70 things. quid on on shampoo and conditioner, Olaplex, you know, that, Ooh. you know, the stuff, the stuff. I got the it wholesale. Stuff. Yeah, but my, my nail technician influenced me to get it, get it. Um, and I, I feel like it's going to transform my my very thin, dry hair that's been bleached to death. And I'm very excited. And I felt really guilty. Then I was like, do you know what? No, I, this is an investment. This is an investment. I should be able to do this because I want to. There's no other deeper meaning other than I want to. I want to have nice shampoo rather than Aussie shampoo yeah. and it makes my hair really dry and I feel shit about myself when I look at my it hair every day. It's looking really nice at the moment. Did you get it done I recently? Just, I just washed it just now. But you know, like, mm. um, I always thought I had straight hair and then, like, you know, this, mm. like, annoying little, this wave, this just comes out of nowhere. It's because my mum has the same, she's got wavy hair, naturally, and she has waves, like, it's almost like a, I wouldn't call it a cowlick, but the fringe always goes, like, wavy. 
Apparently your hair gets wavier as you get older as well. Does it? Mm. Uh, yeah, I've noticed quite a lot of women who have noticed they've got wavy hair, but only like in their mid, mid to late 20s. Um, do you want to know an interesting fact about hair care products? Well, not Always. just about products. Oh, they're going to um, be like... It's also not really a fact because I can't actually remember the numbers, so I'm going to make them up. So please, <laughs> no one, please no one see this as like enshrined in law. But <laughs> I read a book called The Vagenda mm. a few years ago, and it was like life-changing for me because it talks about like the hidden agenda of mm. all of women's media, like fashion magazines, women's health magazines, yeah. articles, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that basically they're all part of this system that encourages women to buy shit mm-hmm. um, and basically commodifies yeah. beauty. Yeah. Um, and it's something like, it's like the average woman in her lifetime spends like, it's something like three or four times as much as men spend on cosmetic stuff. And men do have quite a lot of stuff now, you mm. know, obviously there are still some men who just have a toothbrush and a tooth and, and, and toothpaste, but like there are plenty of men who have skincare products, yeah. um, you know, nice cologne, all this kind of shit, hair care products and everything. But mm-hmm. even with all of that women's cosmetic, everything from, you know, hair removal to hair care to skin care. Nails every Nails, month. Yeah. Four to five times Nails. more than men. I'm not surprised by that at all. I think about my own. It was like in the thousands. Yeah. In, yeah. I'm, I'm not even that like high maintenance when it comes to my beauty routine or, or maintenance routine. But even then I have tons of skincare, get my nails done every single month, get my hair done every three months. Like that's going to add up compared to mm-hmm. money who's not had a haircut in like a couple of years now, I think. And he just uses the same body cream on his face and his body <laughs> and just has a toothbrush and that's it. And it's Vaseline, it's Vaseline, Vaseline cocoa butter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Across his whole face <laughs> and body. Um, and like, yeah, how much money he must save in comparison. He what, should start Jamie paying for me. It. Yeah. Yeah. Re- reparations. Yeah, literally. Patriarchal, just, I, patriarchal reparations. I also saw on TikTok, I don't know whether you come across this, this woman, um, she's a 26-year-old woman who is, um, she's like, what's it like, day in the life of a stay-at-home girlfriend um, who, she doesn't have kids or anything, so he works and funds her lifestyle, and she just basically, like, goes to the gym, goes, gets her nails done, goes and have, goes to have a bath, and then um, has lunch with her friends, and, like, I wondered what your thought was on this, because I'm like, I really want that life for myself, but I want to do it on my own terms. Like like she, doesn't, she doesn't spend it like making his meals ready for him when he comes he does. home yeah so he makes him breakfast and then dinner basically but it's like what we do anyway do you know what I mean I, I would just want to do that for myself not for I don't think I'd else. ever like to be in a situation where I have to like ask someone for my allowance you know what I mean like I that would make yeah. me feel deeply uncomfortable I would love to not work you know when people are like oh I could never not work even if I didn't yeah. have a job I'd, I'd do something yeah <laughs> no yeah no. I'd love to I would work, I would love to not work there's so many things to do that does oh not involve gosh. working, traveling, seeing family more, philanthropic activities where we could put in so much more time to be seen if we didn't have to work. Oh my God, it would be so good. Even though be seen is work, but you know what I mean? Yeah, it is work, yeah. but it's good work. Yeah. Um, what else was I going to say? I was going to talk about Jamie. He's only in the last few months started using SPF on his face. What? But like, you live in Senegal. 
but he's white. No, he's not so white. I mean, he's not like um, he's not like ginger white, white, white. Like he's fair. not like yeah. ghostly white. You know, um, <laughs> some people are so white that like a they, they do look quite yeah ghostly. Yeah, um, he's got more of a kind of like um, rosy olivey kind of complexion, so he does tan quite well. Mm. But um, he's just so bad at remembering to put on sun cream. And I'll even be like, Jamie, you're wearing sun cream? And he'll be like, no, probably should I? And then he'll just mm. forget and not do it. And so I have to physically yeah. slap it on him. And yeah. I, 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 maybe it's a white people thing. You know, they don't take their skincare as seriously. But mm. We were always anyway. told to put on sun cream. But is that because of like colorism and stuff? Oh, we never put on sun cream. When you younger? I don't remember. I do yeah. not remember being covered in sun cream at any point. My parents actually once, this is a fun fact, um, my parents, I had, let me just preface this by saying that I did have an, a nice upbringing. I was, <laughs> I was a happy child. You don't need to cover it, we're in a safe space. But you know um, how the older child, like the parents, when parents have their first kid, they're often quite like um, paranoid. My mum mm. was so paranoid about germs and dirt that she like, she would sterilise all of my sister's toys yeah. by boiling them. Um, and she was told <laughs> by like all the French doctors that... Um, in order to make sure that my sister was super healthy, that she had to mince up like liver and mm. vegetables and put it in her milk. Um, so now, my sister, now, now my sister hates loads of vegetables and milk and liver. So <laughs> go figure. But so they were super careful when it came to my sister. But then when I came along, they were just like, eh, yeah, <laughs> like, just let her be. So once they left me on the deck of a Hong Kong junk for like two hours in the what's sun. A, what's a Hong Kong junk? You know the boats in the um, yeah. in the in the harbor right yeah like the crossings you know Hong Kong yeah. surrounded by water so there's mm. loads of loads of boats that do the yeah. crossings yeah um, yeah they left me on the deck of a boat for like with two the hours. sun with the sun yeah. just on you yeah and I got yeah. heat stroke oh obviously. my god I was it was yeah. eighteen months old I was baby still yeah yeah <laughs> so they just left me I got heat stroke and they had to call in a doctor. Yeah. And the doctor said to my parents, oh, you're going to need to like drastically lower her body temperature. So you're going to mm. need to like get in an ice bath with her. Yeah. And my mum holds it against me that she yeah. had to get in an ice bath. <laughs> she, Auntie. The story, she was like, oh, it was so cold. And I had to do it for you. Auntie. <laughs> oh um, I can't remember where I was going with that. Oh yeah, but I, we, I don't remember having any like um, SPF um, like chat yeah. or anything like that. I don't even think yeah. that my parents travelled with us a lot in Southeast Asia. I don't ever remember having any like jabs or like anti-malarials or any of that <laughs> stuff. But you know, obviously, as you said, I live in uh, a sub-Saharan African country, so the sun. I mean, it's not like that hot, but the mm -hmm. sun hits different here. It's such a different kind of sun to what you get in Europe it is really strong mm. so you just get in the habit I put SPF on my face every single day even yeah. if I'm not going outside because yeah. that's just what you do and I feel like a lot of my well a lot of my white friends don't realize how much damage the skin the sun has already done to their skin and I'm yeah. always making fun of Jamie because he looks older than me yeah even though yeah. I'm two years older than him yeah and I'm like it's because you don't take care of your skin like yeah. Do you see any wrinkles? <laughs> For those who can't see, I'm pointing at my own face. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he's now started using SPF on his face, which he probably remembers to do like three or four times a week. <laughs> like he hasn't quite nailed the every day, um, but he's getting there. But other than that, he doesn't have any requirements. I cut his hair. I've been cutting his hair for 13 years. So wow. he doesn't pay for haircuts. Yeah. Um, he doesn't really have any other requirements that's it it's just a simple guy 
He's a simple guy. He, he better lather on that sun cream, though. That mm. really worries me. Same with Manny yeah, no, as well. He doesn't see the importance of it. And I'm like, I yeah. can literally see sunspots on your face because you don't put on sun cream. And he works outside sometimes, too. Does he use the excuse that he's more melanated, so he doesn't yes. need to? <laughs> yes. Like, and his sister was like, what the fuck? No. But you <laughs> like, didn't. Exactly. Like, you yeah. grew up in the fucking UK. Yeah, literally. <laughs> don't oh. have sun protection. I find it so frustrating. It, this oh, is like no, a wider no. point of like men just sometimes just don't look after themselves. And I don't yeah. want to be his mother telling him to put on his sun cream, but also I want him to protect his skin as well. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. we've, got to- we've got to take care of our bodies because we need mm-hmm. them in, in the future. Like you don't want to be that 50 year old who's like, I wish I'd put on my sun cream. Yeah. It, well, well, as Baz Luhrmann said, and um, re- remember, re- what does what he say? Believe me. Where? On the sun sunscreen. Cream. Trust me on the sunscreen. Trust me on the sun cream. The sunscreen. Yeah. That's such a good song. <laughs> it's so good. It it's so good. Should we do like a quick, um, for the last part of the podcast, like our favourite mm. moments of season four? Because we're ending the season. <laughs> we forgot uh, to say that at the beginning. We well, we can, do the, we can do the intro. Oh, we shouldn't. No, no, I have no time. People don't even know who we are. Didn't we do, didn't even cause... introduce ourselves. Surely, but we I'll literally it, did not. We did yeah. not say. Well, I'm, we said I'm... <laughs> we took the piss out of each other by pretending to be each other, so they should figure it out. Oh, that's there. true. That's true. Well, I'm Viv, and I'm Mayan. Privilege, and I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love the toilet. <laughs> Shall we go through? Should we just like uh, talk about any 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 really good episodes that we really enjoyed? Yeah. From... So it's been a an absolute banger of a season. I'm just, um, it was so good that I can't remember yeah. any of the episodes. You interviewed so I'm just Sarah gonna... Owen. <laughs> I did. Oh, that was such a good, that was yeah. such a good episode. Like we really just talked so, it was so nice to get to know her a bit more personally. Like knowing about her background and mm. her, you know, she's got a really sort of strong kind of unionist background, really strong labour politics background, super inspiring mm-hmm. and kind of just restores a bit of hope in in a period that's just so mm-hmm. fucking grim frankly yeah um we had what else did I journalism do? podcast Ian Hayes and Angela Hoy yeah we had Jenny Lau and Tiffany Chang about take chasing the taste of home oh um, we, intru- we introduced our new core team members yes I was gonna say that as well um yeah. I wonder whether it's like introducing like new Marvel characters like boom and this is Kingway this is David this is Pei Wen yeah like, yeah, have I missed someone else? Pippa. 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 Pippa did the adoption, the, the adoption episode yes. with Emily, which was amazing. It was so yes. nice to listen to them talk about that. Um, yeah. One of my favorite, one of my favorite moments with introducing the core team members was <laughs> Paywen was <laughs> Paywen was talking about um, like differences that she noticed when she moved from China to the UK, and she was like talking about the taps yeah. and how the taps are like this one hot one and one cold one, and she was like, yeah. "This is a country." that brought the industrial revolution to the world and they couldn't even figure out their taps <laughs> they're too busy fighting in the industrial revolution or because something. also she yeah. just she just said it in such a like matter of fact kind of serious yeah. way yeah <laughs> that was very funny i i really also enjoyed um the conversation with nova reed the anti-racist yeah. educator oh my God, that was so it touched my soul it'll stick with me forever that because yeah like I, I money keeps taking the piss out of me because I keep flexing and going I know so many authors <laughs> I am friends with so <laughs> many authors but like we actually the fact that we get access to speak to people who we read now how weird is that 
it's not weird it's such a privilege it's a hashtag privilege no but it is one of the major perks of be seen is that we get to talk to really fucking cool people yeah like um, you interview sandra oh for god's sake yes um also i feel like the, the episodes that i've listened to i feel like my language has degenerated i don't know if you've noticed this but i i, I think i've gotten a lot more sweary i think <laughs> that's probably gone on i think it's you relaxing into like not having to just like be professional Mayan but also just like casual relaxed Mayan as well it's true and I think that's a good thing because people just want to see like more of your personality yeah and stuff like that obviously they can still learn and whatnot but we've had so many episodes there was the um one that I really really loved was also speaking to Tiffany Yu uh from Mm. Disability Visibility that's a person you can tell that she does that for a living you know, yes. when she speaks about transformative justice and mm. democratizing disability visibility, it is just amazing. And you also had a really similar conversation with Ryan Holmes about, yes. you know, identity. That was a really, really good episode. Being I loved having Chinese, him that was fantastic. Yeah, Jumbo Dragon, um, like yeah, the, like the wellness a conversation. Healer. Chinese but I don't even know how to describe him but like it's amazing that like someone like him is still preserving our like ancestors can you hear the washing machine sorry oh is that you yeah sorry um he's preserving our ancestors like um history and, and yeah. knowledge and education and yeah, yeah I, I really want to go see him at some point one thing that I um really that really stayed with me from this season as well was the episode with um Georgina Lung aka Chopstick and Poke and she was talking about being from Northern Ireland and being of um Hong Konger heritage as well and not feeling in and feeling out of place in Northern Ireland but also feeling out of place when she goes back to Hong Kong and saying that it's actually in London in that third culture that has been the place where she's found herself a lot more and feels more comfortable with her identity because when you put a third location into the mix there are no longer the pretensions or the expectations of having to fit in so you feel more relaxed Mm. and that is exactly how I feel about my life in Senegal Mm. you know I don't ever feel like as we've spoken about I feel like I stick out like a sore thumb when I'm in Vietnam with my family but in London well, London less so, but in the UK, especially when I was living in Scotland, you know, you are different yeah. and you always feel different and you grow up um, yeah. with uh, something that's not quite like the rest of your peers. Mm-hmm. But then here, because I'm not Senegalese, I'm not, mm-hmm. and there is no expectation for me to, to to feel like I belong here. And it's funnily enough, it's that that makes me feel like I belong even more. Mm. Yeah, and it was moving here that's um, really helped me come to grips with my identity as well, especially because here is such a kind of multicultural, but lots yeah. of different ethnic groups, lots of different people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've discovered so many things about like the connections between Senegal and Vietnam, which I just mm. never knew about, but obviously hashtag colonialism. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that really, really resonated with me. That was such a good episode. And also I could listen to her voice all day. She's got the yeah. most lovely, I mean, it sounds creepy now, so I'm going to shut up, but she does have a very nice voice. I, I really enjoyed listening to her voice as well. Is it the Irishness or is it her tone or is it both? I, I don't know. it's both. Mm, yeah. Both. Yeah. Um, oh, we had been such a, We can't. Yeah, yeah. We had squid. We had yeah. um, publishing. Yeah. Oh, we had. I. We can't talk about every single episode, but it has just. I think it's been. I think it's been my favorite. Has it? 
Yeah. And we've got so we've we've got really good things lined up for next season already as well. Do we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we do. Yeah, apparently we do. We do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, my aunt just messaged me to, to ask me <laughs> to, to me- tell me what it is. Yeah, we do. Well, yeah, look, look out for it. Season five that will come. We'll come back after EC Heritage Month. Yeah, that's ages away. That'll be like it October. is. It is no, it's, it's going to come so quickly. No, but do you remember yeah. what happened last year? We did EC Heritage Month, and then we were so exhausted. We yeah. took October off. Yeah, and do you know what? I'm grateful. We closed for the, break, to be seen, the BC quote unquote office. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Shout editing to... a podcast is hard work, you lot. Shout out to Kai, who's been banging at doing the podcast. Yeah, it's been um it's been a, a lot. And like planning it, getting mm. all the people lined up, you know, mm. scripting the whole thing. Because do you think that we have these conversations on the fly? We're reading yeah. every single word, mate. Yeah, this whole thing has been scripted today. Could you not tell? <laughs> Maybe it could have been. It could have been. It's not. I am yeah I'm glad to not have to think about doing the podcast for a good few months though and I can just focus on actually just putting more time into doing work and stuff yeah no offense podcast um speaking of happening you have got by the time this podcast goes out you will have I think is it two weeks I think it's two weeks no it's not it's a week a week (laughs) you have got just under a week to submit your final registration for EC Heritage Month in order to guarantee inclusion in our marketed program of events. Please, 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 please do this Mm -hmm. um, because we want EC Heritage Month offerings to be bigger, better, cooler than last (laughs) year. And last year was already a banger. We had over 70 events with um, I think almost 10,000 attendees and we are nothing at BC and if not super competitive with ourselves. So we would love to top that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, please, please, please send your registrations in. It's super important. We will be offering the opportunity to change details if they need to change at a later date. We just really want to have as many things in the program as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And already looking at the expression of interest that we launched earlier in the year, seeing the kinds of things that people want to do is really, really encouraging. We're so, so, so excited to be sharing the program with you. So um, go to our website, www.bcn.co.uk. There's a whole page there about EC Heritage Month. There's the final registration form. There's also a deck with information for event organizers, stuff to bear in mind, information about EC Heritage Month. It's all in there. What are you waiting for? Well done, my aunt. <laughs> that was Thanks. very comprehensive. I love the www. <laughs> so millennial. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? You need to type in www. That's not millennial. That's very, that's quite boomery, isn't it? Lowercase, all small letters. Um, But yeah, bcn.co.uk. And also there's a link on there to sign our petition to have EC Heritage Month recognized by the DCMS. What am I missing? Donate to us. Yeah, give us your money. That information is always in our show notes. And if you're tweeting or posting on Instagram or any other social media about EC Heritage Month, don't forget to use the hashtag E-S-E-A-H-M-22, EC Heritage Month 22. Oh, yeah, baby. Or is it 2022? Can't remember. I think it's, is it 20? I think it's 2022. Sorry, 22. Yeah, 22. It's like like ECH. 2022. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, let's sign off on the season. Woo! Bye. Hi, everyone. Bye. Thanks for coming. If you listened all this way to the end, DM me and you get a very special prize. No, you don't really. I said that. <laughs> oh, but if you give us a really good review, if you're on Apple Podcasts and you yeah. give us a really good review, you might get a special. Maybe you'll get a mention. Yeah, yeah, maybe you get the next season of the podcast. But if you're a Spotify user, please, please, please give us five stars as well because it helps with the algorithm. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. But trust me, on the sunscreen. <laughs>